the life of an entrepreneur. You've got to get up, you've got to get to feeling good, and you've got to make it happen. There are so many things to do with your business, your YouTube channel, your blog, your service, your podcast, so much stuff to do. How do you find the energy to make it happen? Because you have to make it happen. And in this episode, we're going to be talking to Andrew about life as a content creator and Rob and Matt's biggest mistake they've ever made. Be careful. There are a couple of swear words. Enjoy the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Welcome back to the Rebel Entrepreneur Podcast. We are deep within the coaching series with Andrew Alinda, Callie to the crowd. Did you notice how I did that? <laughs> yeah, not Callie from the crowd anymore. Thank you for having me on, Alan. Always love to be here. It's great to have you back. I've been excited for this episode to find out what's been going on with the channel, what you've been up to. We also have Matt and Rob, and I understand Matt and Rob, you're a bit like, take that, you've had a breakup. We have, we have a very public one. Um, Incredibly. Did take that, hate each other when they broke up, because we certainly do. Yeah. Uh, joking, it's been quite a nice one. I'm not um, joking, this okay. is dreadful. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, it's good to be here, Alan, thank you. Yeah, no, it, it is good to be here, regardless of how much we hate each other right now, so it's all right, it's awesome. Thank you very much for coming back on the show and helping us. Your YouTube insights are, as always, really fascinating. And I think everyone listening to this, I need you to think beyond YouTube because what we're talking about on these podcasts is for any content creator. So I don't care whether you're writing a blog for your business, doing a podcast, sharing content on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, the same things apply. Matt, Rob, it is great to have you back. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Excellent. So, Andrew, give us an update. Last time we were speaking together, we were talking about different camera angles, better thumbnails, A-B testing, getting more people to the videos, the returning visitors, uh, and then also cementing your partnership with Grenade was one of the things we were talking about. So, yeah, Matt and Rob are surprised. Their eyes opened. They didn't know you even had a partnership with Grenade. So give us an update. Where are you? What's going on? Yeah, so lots of stuff has actually been moving, both on YouTube and in my life. So in life, like I've got a promotion at work and my girlfriend's got a new job. So like our household right now is mental. Wow. The last month has been absolutely crazy. So that's more thumbs up on YouTube. So I think I've mentioned before, my channel is kind of tethered to my abilities as an athlete. As I learn more skills, my reach increases because I can now hit a broader set of search terms. I'm currently in the middle of learning a skill called the back lever. If anyone wants to Google what that is, it's easier for you to Google and see what that is rather than me try and explain it to you. But the back lever gets a lot of search and I've just seen that be really good in my ability to draw new visitors to my channel, visitors that stick around and bounce around onto my older videos. So I've seen my views over the last month just slowly trickle upwards and the only thing that I mean I haven't done anything differently so the only thing I can attribute that to is almost like unlocking a new keyword that people are attracted to I have so much to share on some of the stuff that I've been trying off the feedback Matt and Rob gave when we last spoke so I'll tease that there let's talk about that later and yeah on this partnership with Grenade that is still really exciting. I've been in conversations with their brand manager. I am really, really happy with that, hoping to do some really fun stuff with that over the next two weeks. For those of you, <laughs> you, you can't see this, but I just saw Alan display a wry grin right there. But yeah, things are going really great. I'm, I'm really happy with where life and the channel are at the moment. Now, come on, this is all too easy. Where's the problems? Where's the pain? Where's everything that's going wrong? Like, you've got us here to help. It can't all be roses <laughs> and champagne. I wish it was, but do you, do you know what I found about this whole content creation malarkey? Like, it seems to come and go. Like, the problems, when they come, a lot of them are there. 
And when it's good, it's gravy, you know? Sometimes YouTube loves you and you see your views go up and you're like, what the hell is this? And then occasionally, like, YouTube says, I don't know who you are. Like, do one. (laughs) 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 You know, we're not going to push your video today because, I don't know, we're mercurial like that. So navigating that sometimes is a little bit challenging, but it helps now that I'm monetized. That certainly helps. And a couple of weeks back, I was talking to you, Alan, about like the overwhelm and the way I was, like, I felt so, you know, I, I was working, I was producing content. I have to train because if I don't, like, usually in, in my friend's circles, like when they get busy at work, the first thing to go is fitness. You know, they mm. pause the gym and then they'll just double down on work and whatnot. But for me, because that is <laughs> inherently tied to what I talk about, I can't let that go. Also, I enjoy it. It's an outlet. I absolutely love it. So usually the first thing to go for me is sleep. So when I had that conversation with you, I was I was so drained. But I've set up some systems to help with that. Maybe we can chat about that later as well. And I sound like I'm being really, really snobby about it, like to my own horn. But things are going great. I think it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that. Let's not, let's scoff at that. When things are going great, let's celebrate it and keep going. And I always think the best time to make progress is when it's going well. I think your average yeah. person, things go well, so they take their foot off the gas. I have the exact opposite of feeling is the best time to sell something is when you've just sold something. The best time to plow on and do more is when you're feeling on top of the world and your energy's up. And I can feel your energy compared to the overwhelm episode where you were kind of like, Helen, I can't take this. Can I have a night off to go out with my girlfriend? Um, it's like, it's okay. <laughs> I can't Andrew. believe it's be I okay. asked you permission to go to Nando's. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as you have chicken and peas, you're okay. It's healthy. That's fine. So, Matt, Rob, any comments or thoughts on what we've discussed so far? The algorithm, the ups and downs of a content creator's life. What has this <laughs> inspired for you? Have you been through the same thing? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack with that, Andrew. I mean, you've said you've gone through a lot of struggles recently with be it timekeeping or struggle for energy or motivation, whatever it is, but it's still going well at the moment. That's great news. What I often find, sort of answering your question, Alan, is the YouTube channel is a reflection of what I'm currently feeling. If I'm not feeling that inspired or anything, the content starts dropping a little bit. And then when you start really feeling passionate and energetic about it, it you just put more effort into videos and it's it makes sense. The videos are better. You get more views and all that sort of thing. So it's it's to be expected and it's a great wave to be riding at the moment. So yeah, try and stay on top of it. That's brilliant. One thing I wanted to ask you, Matt, in today's episode was really about how to make this more sustainable. Because th- this feeling that I'm feeling right now is great. I'm, I'm on the back of a really good week. And I'm very aware that this isn't going to be how it is all the time. You know, I'm not going to be shooting rainbows out of my ass 24-7. Like right now, Alan, as you said, I want to be able to use this energy to just drive forward. So I, over the last maybe four or five days, I must have written notes for about six different videos. I'm really happy about those videos. I want to film those videos either tomorrow or Saturday, the day after, while I've got this energy. Because Matt, like you said, I know sometimes when, you know, I don't have any videos and I'm not in the right mood and I put the camera on and I have to have like two coffees just to get me in the in the mood to really make, you know, how do you in your world make sure that you've got that right mentality as much as possible. Because, I mean, for what it's worth, you just said that your content dips a little bit when you're not feeling it. I've watched a fair amount of your videos, still crap at carpentry, like, (laughs) but (laughs) I've still watched them. And I don't get that from your videos. I don't look at your video and say, oh, Matt lacked energy today. So how are you able to do that? Drugs. Yeah, <laughs> lots of drugs. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. <laughs> you can't say that. Damn it. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, contract. Right. Andrew, edit that out. Um, right. So, Andrew, keep that in. Yeah. The kids need to know. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So let me think about that. There's a big difference between when I'm filming tutorial-based videos compared to when I'm filming something that requires creativity. So when it's tutorial-based videos, 
where it's something that is just, I need to teach the person how to do A to B, or I need to teach person how to do this sort of thing. When I need to do that, it's fairly easy to just put the slog in. And if I'm not really feeling it, or I know that I'm not going to get much creativity out of the day, the best thing I can do is watch some other people's videos, get inspiration and fill gaps and stuff in my current script, and just do stuff that doesn't really require much brain power, but at least I'm getting something done and I can stockpile that for later when I do have that brain power. I also listen to just my body in terms of I'm much better in the mornings than I am after two o'clock because I eat too much for lunch and just have this massive crash. So I have to focus on things like that. But at the moment, I'm sort of in this creative cycle where things are, ideas are flowing and I'm just riding that wave at the moment. And as a result, laying back a little bit on the tutorials to try and just make the most of it, because like you said, it's not going to be there forever. So I think it's just applying your focus wherever you feel it's going to be best applied. That was a rubbish sentence, (laughs) but I think you're on the right track with it. I think showing up each morning or whatever your schedule is, is always worth it, whether it's an unproductive day or whether it's a very productive day, simply the act of showing up and getting one little thing done, be it a little bit of planning, a little bit of research, whatever. That's the key to all of this. It's just little marginal gains every day. So I think you're on the right track. I mean, when you create videos now, it's largely about creating a really engaging script from the get-go. And so when Matt's not in the workshop and he's got a little bit of downtime somewhere else, it's like, right, let's have a look at the script. It's just on a Google Drive. I can access it from anywhere. Let me think about how it's going to progress. How interesting is it going to be? Just from a reading it and saying stuff out loud point of view. So then that at least means that when you come in potentially on a day where you don't have as much motivation to think creatively, you've already got the creative stuff pre-worked out. We've already done that in the past. So you can actually start acting on those things almost without thinking. It's like a tick list. You separate things into literal sentences where I'll say a sentence, we'll change a camera angle, say another sentence. And that way, even if my brain is so deteriorated to the point I can't structure sentences or paragraphs, hey, at least I can just take one sentence at a time, cut the camera, change the angle. It makes an engaging video. I'm not there trying to get my words out. It's a win-win all round, really. It's funny. It really does make it more engaging, just literally cutting it on a sentence. Just like... He did a, a garden workshop series where like started this whole concept of rapid cuts, rapid movements, keeping it engaging. And you could have been bored out of your mind or, or you could have been speaking so blandly. And yet the pace of it all, just because you're always switching up places, it had me invested and I've watched this stuff before. I'm not always that engaged. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but it genuinely blew my mind how much of a difference it made just being snappy mm. and so having that script in advance when you've been creative it, it, it works out yeah does that make sense it does i think the issue i have is that i don't have a structure to leveraging this like high energy period i kind of just do more of the same so my system is on a typical monday i will look at my ideas backlog for want of a better word i've got an evernote where i literally just have a long list of video ideas I'll go on Monday and I'll pick one and then I'll write a few notes about it. And then on a Thursday, I have the house to myself because everyone buggers off to work. I'll set up the camera during my lunch break and film one, maybe two videos if I have the energy. But I'll just kind of do more of the same. I certainly don't at the moment go, okay, I'm really high energy right now. I will film a more creative video. I'll just kind of look at the videos I have. I'm, I'm very similar to you. A lot of my videos are either tutorial or they're heavily research-based, those are the ones that take a lot more energy, right? So if you're slogging away on Google Scholar, (laughs) I love reading about this stuff, but fuck me sometimes, (laughs) you know? And then I have the more kind of entertaining vlog-style videos, which I really enjoy doing, but don't attract a lot of new visitors because they're usually like my recurring subscribers that are most engaged with them. But I'm finding that balance to kind of lean more towards the ones that require a little bit more energy to make. I don't think I do that well enough. I don't pivot my, like my systems are extremely rigid and that's good in a way because it's helped me do this week in, week out for the last year. But yeah, like I said, I just do more of the same and I think I need to get better at flexing that. I think there's an underlying assumption here 
you've hit this period of energy and the underlying assumption is it's going to disappear. And energy does come and go, but you can do things to get in the right state. And I think one of the most important things people forget is state management. And what I mean by that, we pass in and out of states by chance every day. So some moments we're feeling happy and pumped. Some moments we're feeling low. Some moments we feel, you know, in love. Some moments we feel depressed. Like we pass in and out of states. And your average person never takes control of those states. They accept what is going on inside them. Now, when you become a professional at something, you can't just accept those states because things have to happen. For the period of eight years, I ran workshops pretty much every day. And I would turn up in a different venue with, I know, between 10 and 150 people there staring at me. And what choice do you have? You make it happen, don't you? You just, you do. And if you talk about professional sports people, they turn up, they have to make it happen. And I think it's about state management. So this energy you're feeling now, there's no reason why you can't bottle, capture, like have some way of coming back to it so you can bring it at the right time. And if you'd have seen me doing my presentations, I needed to be in the right state to start. And if I'm in the room and people are setting things up and the energy's a bit weird, it doesn't do good for me. So I would try to go for a walk around the building before I ever came in and did the presentation to get my energy going to feel a bit better. Then I'd come in and I'd start making jokes with the people in the audience so that people are laughing. And then by the time I've done that and I've bounced around a bit and Simon used to take the mickey out of me so much, laugh at me, I'd literally bounce backstage to get my energy going so that when I come on, I am full of energy. And I think there is a way for you to capture this energy, to come back to it, to bounce around. You know, your physiology, your energy, your smile is a certain way. We need to recreate that and it will bring back the same feelings, the same energy and the same drive. Now you felt it. You said it's like a whole new level you felt. Now you felt it. Let's keep going back. Let's keep getting more of this level. Yeah, you say that about the energy statuses and just kind of accepting it. I am certainly that person. I'm the person that will wake up one day and be like, oh, really not feeling it. I uh, guess I'll just do it anyway. It's more of a, like, I'd say I'm quite disciplined, but sometimes there's something about your face on the camera. I've had to delete videos that I've filmed before because it shows. Sometimes it really shows. You're just trying to be like, how you doing, Cali Crowd? But your fa- your words are nice, but your face... Just, you just got a grimace. <laughs> just dead behind the eyes. Yeah, exactly. I remember filming one video not too long ago and we were filming the exercises and I looked angry. Like, I looked so angry. I was like, yeah, we can't, we can't. My girlfriend who makes my thumbnails, bless her, she was trying to get an angle where like, it just didn't look so furious. And I, I don't know, I just had to fix my face. <laughs> but yeah, I think I need to, I certainly need to get better at trying to see how I can better manage these energy levels. I think really arbitrary things affect my energy level. I I call myself quite introverted. I get a lot of energy when I'm alone. And so those days, let's say, for example, when I film on a Thursday, having the whole house to myself, great. I try to push my work meetings so I don't have anything on a Thursday morning. That's not always the case, but sometimes I do. And then if I can get better at doing those little things. So just before I film a couple videos, in fact, actually, now I think about it, a couple of my best videos, I've done the, um, you guys watched Wolf on Wall Street? Oh, yes. oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know the chest pounding thing? Yeah, yeah. I have actually done that uh, before a couple of videos and that works really well. I, th- I really should do that more. But um, <laughs> I think energy management is certainly something that I could become better at for sure. I don't care what business you do, your energy affects how you perform. And if you turn up to a meeting full of energy glowing, you'll attract people towards you. You'll have a better meeting. If you try and sell when you're in a bad mood, (laughs) you might as well give up before you have the meeting. You need to change your state. You need to feel differently. I don't care what business is. It's about looking after the way you feel first to then 
get the success. And so many people think that success will make them feel happy. It's really interesting. If you can feel happy, you will have more success in your meetings. You have more success in your videos. If we can get you to change your states, you feel good. It changes the way you present, the way you perform, everything about it. So just to give you three quick ideas, three quickest ways to change your state. Number one is physiology. It's how you sit and how you move. When you're in a good mood, how do you sit and move? I'm very alert. My movements are very, uh, for want of a better word, erratic, because I just <laughs> can't bottle up the energy. Like you said, I'm bouncing off the walls. And when you feel down, how do you sit or move? Uh, the posture police would literally have my neck. I'm slouched. My movements are more sluggish. I just look disinterested. And you can change the way you feel by changing the way you stand and move. So you can start at either side. Most people think, oh, I have to get the feeling first and then the body language will follow. Actually, that's not true. You can take the body language. You can stand up tall. You can move. It creates energy in your chest. You can bounce. Mine is bouncing. I bounce around. And the team at Rebel Business School laugh because I skip around the place when I'm doing workshops and I bounce. But it gives me energy. I feel good. So number one is physiology. Number two is ask different questions. When we're in a good state, we ask positive questions of ourselves. When we're in a bad state, we ask negative questions of ourselves. What I mean by that is just before the video, if you're not in a great state, you're like, no one's going to be interested in this. Like, what have I got to give? What use is this? And then how oh, do yeah, you feel? Whereas when you're in a good mood, you're like, how much fun can we have? How could I do this? How could I do this? And you have all these positive questions and you go out there and nail it. And just by asking different questions, you change your focus. And if you change your focus, you change your results, you change how you feel, you change everything. So number one, physiology. Number two, questions. And number three is this thing called anchoring. And anchoring is, Matt and Rob, do you have a song that you play that brings you back to feeling good? Oh, yeah. I've got a few. Yeah, I've got a few. You've got a few. And is there a song that if it comes on the radio, it immediately transports you back to a place and a time that, you know, you weren't even thinking of? Maybe it's a date. Maybe it's a, an experience. You both nodded at the date word. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it's really interesting. Those moments when you have a peak experience and you're listening to a song or something happens, they become inextricably linked in your mind. And that is called anchored. And you can do the same with your energy. So what I want you to do, everyone listening to this, Matt, Rob, Andrew, is over the next month, when you feel in a peak state and full of energy, I want you to put on your favorite track, whatever it is, listen to it in your headphones, listen it to it, whatever. And what you'll do by doing that is after four or five times of doing it, your brain starts to link feeling good with the song. And after you've done it four or five times, all you have to do is put the song on and you'll get the feeling and it'll completely change the way you feel. And for me, it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe soundtrack, <laughs> obviously. Oh, That's what Sylvester. I listen to. Oh, it's incredible. So I stick that on and it just changes the way I feel. I remember the movies. I start to act more like Captain America and Iron Man and I start to feel good. And I go out there and I like I have the energy to do it but it's the anchoring the state. So what I want you to do is if you're feeling this way now, Andrew, top of the world, is start to anchor this state so that you can bring it back and use it when you want to. And those three tools will change your energy, change the way you feel going forwards, and make it far easier to get into a positive state to produce content, have meetings, run events, whatever you need to do, because everything goes better when you feel good. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I've literally just noted those down. I've got a song in my head that I certainly attribute to a really good time. So yeah, I'm going to give those a go because I do really want to capture this. I really want to make it so that I'm not... When, when you mentioned that you were doing a workshop a day for eight years, whew, that is not me. That is That would not be me. <laughs> Turning up to a whole set of brand new expectant faces every single day, that would completely kill my energy. Some of the workshops were two weeks long, so I got the same people every day. Like, it's not as bad as it sounds. It was actually quite incredible. Whew. 
I think, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely give that a go. If it can work in those scenarios, then it can certainly work for me on the odd Thursday afternoon I've got the house to myself. So, yeah, I'm going to give that a go for sure. I mean, don't forget as well that when you've got this happiness, this mood that's, that's lining you up, that's making you lively in the videos, it translates to the people who watch the videos as well. If they see that you're happy and you're engaged with what you're doing and you're having a good time, they'll be inspired to try what you're teaching. They'll be inspired to watch you more and they'll just follow you because they're like, you're becoming someone they aspire to be, someone who's fundamentally a positive person. Yeah, Rob, for sure. I think um, I've certainly found on the videos where I'm most high energy, I can see it. Even watching it back months later, I can look at that video and I can go, yeah, that was a good video. That was a video that I filmed. You know, I didn't mess up my word because the energy was there. It comes across in how I'm speaking. Very subtle things that I know I can notice. I know somebody watching will, will be able to notice. Do, do you know what's funny? Even looking back at my older videos that are far worse, but when I had that starting energy, the quality of the video's crap, the audio's crap, but you can see the energy on that those opening videos. I'm like, okay, if I can see it in this pixelated, echoey, badly lit video, then surely that will come across in a video that's got far <laughs> higher production value. And yeah, it's, it's just so important. It's really important. Yeah, I mean, people starting off with YouTube, that is going to be a big thing that you notice. It's when you start off, there is a mild panic every time you turn the camera on. And as a result, some people will try and compensate for that by outputting loads of energy. That's what I, I look like. You know those things in America where outside garages where they have those like flailing arm things? Wacky, waving, inflatable arm person. Those things. I look like one of them in like <laughs> literally the first half year of my videos. And I'm quite a reserved, still person, I would say, yes. normally. Uh, but very I just, sedentary. Yeah, but I sedentary. just couldn't control my arms. And that, But that's exactly what you're saying. It's, yeah, it, it, for me, it was like a mild panic. And I, I do notice that nowadays where there is actually a risk of over scripting videos to the point where you actually become too rigid and too regimented with everything you're saying that you lose that raw energy in it so there is a balance to it i purposely leave blank sections or raw parts in my videos where i've usually screwed something up just to kind of bring that raw energy back and that authenticity as well yeah i mean that that's the word yeah. isn't it authenticity it yeah. really brings it not to hammer on this point too much but i mean it is actually quite a fundamental one uh, it's something that I learned at uni during my professional sound production degree. And when I was learning about people recording vocals and singing top lines, it's actually, if you sing with a smile, people will hear you smiling as you do it. And it's, you don't even need a video to notice that someone sounds positive. Obviously, a song, you're not meant to sound like a happy, cheerful person all the time. But like, <laughs> just that, I don't know, that look on your face starts to emanate in every element of your being so just try and emphasize on it as much as possible in the videos because it really does work i was taught exactly the same thing in uh telesales training i spent a year and a half doing telesales and they said smile when you're on the phone i'm like why does that matter they can't see me i could be in my underpants it doesn't matter <laughs> and they're like no they can hear the smile. Luckily, yeah. they can't hear me in my underpants, but they can hear the smile. So as long as you're <laughs> smiling, it's good. So I think everyone listening to this, I think the advice we're all trying to give here, the energy and the idea we're trying to give is if you can get yourself in a good state at the start of the day, before the meeting, before you make the phone call, you will have a better result from it. And we've given some ideas and some tools Actually, I'm going to set some homework, which we don't often do in the coaching series, but here's the homework. I would like everyone to come up with a list of 20 things that are cheap and quick that make them feel good. So it might be singing a song. It might be bouncing around the house. It might be imagining a past experience that was enjoyable. It could be anything, <laughs> but make a list of 20 things that make you feel good. And then have that list available. If you're ever feeling down in the morning, take one off it and do it. Because if you can get yourself to feel good, you'll have a better day. So start by feeling good. That's my advice to everyone listening. I really like that. Should I let you guys know what I've been doing with this positive energy? Please. I don't think anyone cares, do they? 
Uh-huh. <laughs> Should we wrap right. the podcast here? Yeah, <laughs> apparently I am, so me and you can just stay here if you want. You can have a ticket leave. I care, Andrew. Come on. I Thank you, man. I do Thank care. You, Come on. Alan, Rob, you both can do one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when we're last on, one of the things we spoke about was thumbnails and how some of my thumbnails can sometimes be a little bit over-descriptive to try and let the images do more of the talking. I have certainly tried. Actually, on one of my videos, Rob commented, one of the things we spoke about like, the last time um, Rob and Matt were on the podcast was try and limit it to two syllables. And <laughs> <laughs> there was a video, I, I can't remember what it was, but I had three syllables and Rob commented, like one of the first comments on the video, so bear in mind, this video has, this video has been live for the be- all of 30 seconds and he just commented one syllable too many, mate. I was like, no. <laughs> 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 the irony was like, just before publishing that video, I had thought so hard about trying to make it into two, but I couldn't. I couldn't squeeze out that third syllable. But I have been trying to see what I can do with making my thumbnails, just do more of the talking, the thumbnails in conjunction with the video title, making it, you know, the image speaks a thousand words type thing. And I've done that with a couple of videos to really good success. There's one video that I put out recently. It was called I Can't Planch, P-L-A-N-C-H and Y. And it's just an image of me attempting to do a particular calisthenic skill called a planche and just the word fail right next to it. So ticks the less than two syllables thing, shows the image of me attempting to do it. And that that's performed really well in terms of click through. And I'm finding that that is working with the sort of videos that I'm putting out there with almost like a less is more type thing. One thing that I've also noticed when I think about the videos that have high click-throughs on my channel, I've kind of noticed this by digging into the thumbnails after our conversation last week, but the thumbnails with more than one of me, so a thumbnail where there's two images of me in the thumbnail, seem to do extremely well. I don't know why this is. Usually in the thumbnail, I'll show like an incorrect way and a correct way. I won't say which is correct in the thumbnail. And that seems to do really well. So I've been looking into how I can incorporate that more into my thumbnails and videos. But just off off of that initial tip that you guys are talking about, let the images do more of the talking. I've certainly seen that working quite well. Yeah, I, I think to jump into the concept of why two of you on the screen might might work so well is think about sort of the concept of satisfaction, the concept of improvement, and it's, it's not really productivity, but but signs of something growing and, and improving over time. And as soon as you've got essentially comparison shots on screen, people are like thinking, right, immediately, I know I'm going to see like a storyline. I'm going to see the bad way, or I, I'm going to see someone who couldn't achieve this thing get to a point where they can achieve this thing. And you look at that in any, literally any blockbuster movie, someone's got a problem at the start of it and by the end they've solved it and everyone's really pleased about it. Essentially, that's what you're doing on a much smaller level uh, in terms of time scale, and that satisfaction drives views. You see it a lot in... Uh, I always harp on about gaming videos, but that's what I see end up on the homepage all of the time. But you have noob level, amateur level, pro level, written in big thirds on a thumbnail. And again, it's right, the viewer realizes I'm going to see a satisfying progression step by step, which is going to make them click on it and hopefully look for more throughout your channel. Mm. Do you have something to say? Yeah, I was going to say, so with with your most recent one, where it was, uh, you were comparing a weight belt versus a weighted vest, simple uh, thumbnail on that, where you've got one picture of you wearing a weighted belt, one of you wearing a vest with verses in between you. Instantly, the image conveys a thousand words. They know what they're watching. They can literally see in the image that you're comparing the two. Side note on that, really good intro. I noticed you switched things up where you talked a lot more before showing your sort of intro theme. Works really well. I really like that. But going back to the thumbnail, I think that's that's a great way of doing it. And it uses two syllables, verses. Boom. Awesome. On that intro piece as well, I actually did that with the knowledge that you guys had given me that feedback before. I'm trying to see how I can work that in a lot more. So a little bit more of an intro. So just switching it up from time to time because I found that 
that has worked in the past, but it doesn't seem to work all the time. So when I think of the 30 second drop off that we spoke about, so for those of you who don't know, those of you listening, that first 30 seconds on YouTube, keeping the viewer there is so important. Number one, to actually convey your point, and number two, the YouTube gods that control everything that we do on YouTube really like that metric, right? So when I think about how, you know, starting straight in with a video rather than my three or four second intro, that performs really well when I'm talking about fundamental fitness concepts. So this or that. So this video that you're talking about, weight vest or dip belt, is something that I like to call a this or that video. Sometimes those videos are videos where, say for example, I've talked about a really popular exercise, but there are two schools of thought around how to do it that I'd also classify as a this or that video. But in my tutorials, for example, I usually like starting them with my typical intro and put snippets of maybe the sort of progressions I'm going to put in there. I think, especially because what I talk about a lot is beginner calisthenics videos, a real fear that I certainly get when I watch calisthenics videos is you get some absolute monstrous fitness people. These people are, so gravity doesn't apply to them, right? And they'll make a tutorial and they'll say, oh yeah, and then the first progression is just do a handstand push-up and you're watching it like, right, okay. That, that's a real fear that many people have when watching calisthenics videos. They, they don't believe that the video will be relevant to them learning it. They don't believe that it will add value to them because the concepts in the video will be so far beyond what their skill level is. And that's my theory anyway on why those sort of like little snippets in the intro add value in those tutorials because they can see that I'm not going to be starting them from some stupidly advanced skill that nobody on this planet can do but a few people. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep toying around with it and seeing what works. But certainly I've seen from the feedback you guys have given, throwing in occasionally that straight to the point early in the video really, really does work. Brilliant. This is partly why I do this coaching series is because the people out there, when you talk about business, they're like, I could never get there. And like, I've interviewed the co-founder of Starbucks. I've interviewed Sean Jenkins, who founded a business that they IPO'd and sold for billions. Like I've interviewed those people. But if you look at those to start with, you go, I could never do that. Then people don't take action. And the coaching series, the whole point of this has been, look, here's a normal person who's just like everyone else, who's just starting out, who's doing it. And maybe this is the opportunity for you to do something like that too, Andrew, where you get someone who is slightly overweight, not in the greatest shape. And you go, look, here is how you start from the absolute beginning. And if you go and watch this video, they'll tell you just to do the handstand push-up. <laughs> we know that 97% of people in the UK and US cannot do that. So here's how you even start to get there. I think there's an opportunity to do some ground level coaching because your skills are way beyond nearly anyone I've ever seen. And you're talking about the monsters you look at and we look at you and go, whoa. I think, um, so first of all, I am blushing every which way until next Tuesday <laughs> after that. <laughs> I, I think that I've actually got some really exciting plans on that exact topic. I don't want to give too much away, but I do have a couple of people that I really want to get on the channel and literally show that progression. It's hard because such a concept, especially when it comes to fitness, especially when it comes to YouTube, I'm very conscious that not many people are comfortable with being on YouTube. So I'd have to make them make sure that they were comfortable with that. And then the second thing is, I feel YouTube, it is a big commitment. I'd have to make sure that anything that they do would be as minimal effort on their side, because they're actually doing me a huge favor in terms of coming on my video. Yeah, I'd be giving them a lot of tips and I'll be helping them. And, you know, I really do feel I'd be able to add value to that person, but I'd have to make sure that. I could keep it low effort enough that they'd keep coming back. Alan, you have a question. This feels like our exact situation. How do you feel about me giving my time to support you? I mean, I love it. Sometimes I talk to my friends about this and they're like, so you have a serial entrepreneur podcast owner that just gives away his time every two weeks to chat to you for an hour, two hours. I'm like, yeah. And my friends are like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> have you bribed him? Like... <laughs> And how do you think people might 
feel if they get someone who's been working at their calisthenics for two years that's willing to train them once a week, once every two weeks, and help them with their work? I mean, when you put it like that, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think they would. Yeah, I think they would find it really valuable. Do you know what it is? It's, I have a lot, a lot of um, appreciation. Can I call it that? Appreciation for people that do this. Crazy people that put up content regularly. Because until I started doing it myself, I didn't appreciate the amount of work that goes into creating a video, creating a pod, even even creating a blog post. Like you type those out and the work that you have to put into maintaining, people just think, oh yeah, you just type an article and just hit publish. It's so much more than that. And I am very apprehensive about somebody signing up to do that and then flaking on me. Two thoughts. One is it's going to happen. Like people do that and it just happens. Like people can't always follow through. The second is why don't you pick someone who's also a content creator? Then they understand it. So find someone who's got a gaming channel who is the most unfit human in the world and never leaves the room. And why is Rob looking at Matt at this point? I, I love knew it. this would happen. As soon as you started bringing that up, Alan, I could feel the heat sensors on this side of my head of Rob thinking, oh, I could do something here. <laughs> but you know what I mean? If you find someone who also understands content creation, they will respect how much you're putting into it and they'll work with you on it. And I think, like, you've just got to go for it and it might not work. And they might ring you after three weeks and say, I can't do this. And you go, great, let's do a video about how you can't do it and why you want to give up. And it's the video is why I want to quit calisthenics. And it'll be really interesting. Like the pain is sometimes the best episodes. So the coaching series before you, Andrew, was Jamie the Artist. Um, we did an episode recently where she was dealing with self-doubt and she was having huge amounts of problems and she felt unconfident about putting her comic book out into the world. And it's one of the episodes that got the most reaction. And she felt like giving up. She felt like not pushing through. But then that's what a good coach is there for, to help her as well. And everyone's going to feel like quitting. If you've got me to do some of these moves, I guarantee after two sessions, I'll feel like quitting and I'll have to talk myself around. But that's part of life. And your audience is going through the same thing. So stop being afraid of it and embrace it because it will make the best content possible. And don't forget that you don't have to work with multiple people and create these videos and release it instantly. You can say, right, let's do a five-week, maybe 10-week stint and work on it all in the background. And if they do the full 10 weeks, brilliant. You might have 10 videos worth of content. I would argue you should maybe only do two or three and compress it down and make it really condensed, rapid progression stuff and almost give a commentary of it. But that way, at least you're mitigating risk. If they drop off three weeks in, like Alan said, there's still a video in it, but it's not like you're suddenly going to have to panic and think on your feet, oh, it's meant to release a video this week and now it's all gone to pot. No, you've already been releasing stuff. Wait until you've got the footage, wait until you've got the videos compiled and go, right, this is all works out for better or for worse in terms of the person you're training. Let's release it now. I think Rob is exactly right. Do you know when we did our first episode together, Andrew, of this series? I want to say February. Yeah, it's about February, early February. We're now in June, so it's been six months. Your first episode won't come out until August. So it's eight months from when we started recording, and we've just been plodding along in the background. Do you think I knew this would work out when we started? I mean, no, you didn't know me. You had no knowledge of whether I'd be a flake or not. You had... No knowledge on whether I would continue to be putting out YouTube videos is actually a big gamble on your part, Alan. I'm judging you quite a bit now. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you get anywhere if you don't take a gamble? Like, this is the bit I think people don't get about business. No one knows whether it's going to be successful or not. Matt doesn't know if the next video he does is going to be successful or not. I don't know if this podcast is going to be epic. I don't know if the next person I'm coaching is going to come through. One of the seasons coming up, the entrepreneur fails epically. And it's really fascinating to see that happen and unplay. And you don't know how it's going to work. I did one episode with you to see how it was. You seemed quite nice. We had fun. So we did two, then three, then four. Now we're up to eight. 
Matt and Rob have stuck around. They must like you a little bit. And we've kept going. <laughs> they tolerate me. <laughs> it, but you just don't know. You don't know. And actually, if, if some of this advice doesn't work, I think there's huge learning in that. Because you'll come back next week and say, we tried your advice. It didn't work. And we'll go, epic. I love that. Let's dig in and find out why. And then we learn, the audience learns. If everything goes epically well every time, like how are we going to learn? Your biggest learning opportunities is when it goes wrong. So don't hedge your bets. Go full out. And if it goes wrong, celebrate because you'll learn something. Yeah, 100%. And it's weird because in that time, I think I've gained, what, nearly 1,000 subscribers. My views have gone from, I think at the time, at the turn of the year, I know I was nursing about maybe 300 views a day. Now I'm knocking at the door of 700 odd views a day. So it's more than doubled. The advice that you guys have given me has certainly increased the quality of my videos. I, I literally see it when I look back, you know, so I've certainly gained a lot of value on that side. So I could imagine that if I was to do something where I was putting my faith in someone else, they would appreciate that. So yeah, I'd, yeah, those, those fears should probably be waylaid a little bit more. So the advice to everyone out there, do you know how many people come to me and say, Alan, I don't know if my business idea will work. What do you think my answer is? <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> Neither do I. I don't know. I don't know if people will buy. Let's have a go and see what happens. And then I march them out into the street and try and sell something. Or we put <laughs> it online or they get very scared when I do that. But you know what I mean? No one knows. You don't know. No one can know. You can't predict. People are making movies where they're investing hundreds of millions in making a movie. And they don't know which one's going to be a blockbuster. No one can tell. You just got to have a go. And our way of doing business is test without going into debt. Do an experiment, test it, and you will learn by having a go. Matt, Rob, what are some of the things you've tested that have gone wrong? And then you just pretend they don't happen and move on to the next video. I know there's been plenty of those for me. I think the biggest one for us is probably daily videos, wouldn't it? Yeah, the number six springs to mind. Number six. What was number six? So how long did we do daily videos for? Uh, three weeks. It was about three weeks we tested daily videos last summer. Which sucked. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but from what I remember, what was the grand total of subscribers that we gained throughout those entire three weeks? Drum roll, minus six. Minus six. Oh, damn. Yeah. There's definitely a lethal dose of me on people's screens <laughs> where if there's too much, it just kills people off. So yeah. we definitely hit that. Yeah, and we did that based on knowledge from watching YouTubers uh, like a blacksmith called Alex Steele. Uh, he used to do daily videos. That's how he got big. He was this 17-year-old blacksmith who ended up with millions of subscribers in the space of about two years because he just did daily videos. And we thought, oh, well, that's the key to the YouTube algorithm. Let's do it. Problem is, we tried it out two years too late. <laughs> but we didn't know until we tried. So we did those three weeks, discovered how awful it was, and in the process, discovered analytics. Yeah. We had never looked at them before. No, no, a biggest failure or biggest, I won't say waste of time, but it was a lot of time down the drain in terms of net subscribers. But our biggest learnings was look at the analytics and actually the channel is doing better now than it has ever done after a huge plateau yeah. of about a year and a half where we've just found our feet again as a result of spending months looking at these analytics, trying to figure it out as exactly. a result of that failure. And plus, at the same time, because we were doing these daily videos and we were live streaming, we tested out live streaming every single yep. day as well. And in that sense, that wasn't a failure because we ended up generating a community of, of loyal fans who then created a fan club and it was all a little bit crazy. It is mental. Yeah, it still is absolutely mental that there's a... Matt Esley and Rob Harvey fan club on Facebook <laughs> with all these people continuously commenting and, and, and creating posts. And it's utterly brilliant. But on the back of that, we learned that the channel was an utter failure at the same time. Yes. It, it was amazing. <laughs> sort of the yin and the yang coming out all, all together. <laughs> Sorry, that was a long response to that. We're still venting about it in some ways. Yes, yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it because like, what I continuously say to people is if you've plateaued and you don't know what to do, do something. It doesn't really matter yeah. what. Just try something. Do daily videos, send emails, 
plan a new product. It doesn't really matter. Do something and you will work out what doesn't work and then make progress the other direction. But the only way to fail is to do nothing and to just sit in, what's the word I'm looking for? Sit in... Limbo or... I like that word. I think it's doubt, limbo. Right, yeah. Sitting in limbo land where you just don't know what to do is the worst thing you can do. Any action is better than no action. So just start something. I didn't know these coaching series were going to turn into a thing. I just started them. And then I start to like them. Cleveland University built an entrepreneurship course around the Christina series where they listen to one a week and discuss her problems and what they would do if they were her business. How did I know that was going to happen? <laughs> I just did stuff. I just did things. And that's what I'd say to anyone listening is if you're feeling like you're in limbo, do things. Like it doesn't really matter if you get it right or wrong. You will learn. And then we make progress. So I would say to you, Andrew, now, just like do stuff. That's really specific <laughs> advice, isn't it? Do something, anything. So, up to now, I love how all the actions from the podcast have always been so specific. It's like, just do stuff. Go away, <laughs> do stuff. But, but it's, it's, it's right. You're, you're so right. You, you get so paralyzed, especially when, Matt, Rob, you know what it's like. You go and you jump into YouTube analytics, or if you're a content creator listening to this, you go and look at Google analytics or whatever analytics you're looking at on your blog, blog, pod, whatever, and you look at all the charts of the numbers going up and then you read an article about SEO and then you read an article about click-through rate and you could just become paralyzed. You really can, you know. It's so much easier to just pick one thing and try it because if you pick it and it works and then you do one different thing the next week and it doesn't work, well, you know what, at least you've got two learnings there, you know, to continue one and you know to change the other thing. And if you pick two things that don't work, even better. Now you can try more things. It's It sounds so stupidly simple, but what I'm learning slowly is that like, content creation and making engaging content and making content that makes people want to stick around and adds value to people is such a long game. The, the likelihood of you posting one blog post and getting a million clicks and a whole load of ad revenue off of it is so small. But if you keep making your content better and better each week or each, I don't know, month that you put out content, I don't know what it is, then you'll get to a point one day and you'll, you'll like, sometimes I'll look back at a video I just made and I'll be like, oh, that was awesome. That's <laughs> amazing. You know, and sometimes like if I'm in that awesome mood, sometimes I look back at my older videos, I'll go to there and like my finger will hover over the delete button and I'm like, no. <laughs> Because number one, I don't ever want to delete that. Number two, it's one of those where it's like, you see the stark contrast in the progress and you're like, I need to do more of this. I want to get to two years time and look back at this video that I think is awesome now and go, oof, mm, not feeling this because I'd have grown that far. And this is the advice for every business, not just content creators. We're not this in this to send out one thing and to make money. We're in this for the long term. We build a business. We do a product. We make it slightly better. We build another one. We make it slightly better. We build another one. We make it slightly better. This is not a game which you win in a year. This is a game you play over the long term. And actually, that's why we say to people, pick something you enjoy. You can do any business you like out there. If you pick something you don't like, you're not going to have the enjoyment to follow it through for the next decade. I picked helping people start businesses because I was inspired about starting businesses. Jamie on the last startup series said I was a startup geek. Like I just love this stuff and I like experimenting with startups and things. That's what she called me and I kind of am. I enjoy it. I love it. But you pick something you like, you work at it over a decade plus and you just get better and better and better. It's the long game. And you're exactly right. And this is not just about content creators. This is everyone. I don't care what business you're in. You do something, you see how it works, you improve, and you keep going over the long term. And that is the recipe for success. So, Matt, Rob, do you have some closing thoughts, some summary of advice, things you would like Andrew to hold dear in his heart for the next month until we meet again? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, you know, you've been through a lot of ups and downs recently with things, but for me, it's just keep showing up, keep doing what you're doing, no matter if you're feeling like if you want to do it or if you don't want to do it, just tend to your energy that day. 
stockpile energy for later, do whatever you need to do, but just make sure you show up. And to use Alan's sort of failed Nike slogan, just do stuff. (laughs) 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 I might have that put on the T-shirt. Yeah. (laughs) Just do stuff. A really dodgy tick. Yeah. Just like handwritten. Tick upside down. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. Exactly. So continue doing things. Do it. Or at, least, at least be on camera with a smile on your face with that positive energy. If you don't have that positive energy, do stuff to make yourself positive. And if in doubt, in terms of working with people or, or creating like a series of things, stockpile it in the background and release it in a chunk. Because that sort of stuff, if you start to sort of sporadically place it around, people won't really get into it. But if you've got a nice... Nice little three or four part series that includes a lot of progress in a very short space of time, then uh, people are really going to be engaged. Yeah, I really, really appreciate that, guys. And one thing I will say, this is going to be packaged into a thank you to all three of you, so you can blush in a sec. But basically, one thing I've found, and this is something that I really feel I have gained so much value from, but is speaking to people that understand what I'm going through that I get a lot of energy from these conversations, you know, you three on a call right now, just talking about what it's like to create content and make videos and make podcasts and whatnot and build businesses. This, I I love my friends. I really do, but I can't have this conversation with them because they're not content creators. They're not entrepreneurs. They're not, and I don't think many people are like this. Most people that are like, that do this sort of stuff are wired a bit differently. And I think having conversations like this is really good for making that energy just dial up so i 100% agree with the stuff we've spoken about today but i think as well if i was to add to that it would be just go out and find some group of wacky people like yourself and go chat to a few entrepreneurs and content creators and whatnot <laughs> rob's looking at me like i'm not wacky <laughs> you're definitely wacky Rob. is that the part we were meant to blush at yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm not blushing yet but yeah literally just a a massive thank you to you guys because the help you guys have given me even just through these conversations is is more than i could definitely have run away with myself the ideas that i get from these conversations the energy uplift that i get immediately after this my best video notes come after sessions here whether it's with all three of you or whether it's alan with our one-to-one conversations like the videos i film after these sessions always tend to be my highest energy ones and it's because i've got you know that feedback of oh have you tried doing this or what about this feature that i I made a vlog about two weeks ago that just performed so well and i really enjoyed making it and it's because i've got all this energy bottled up but yeah like i said really really appreciate it and can't thank you guys enough so you knew this question was coming What are you actually going to do specifically? We can't just let you off the hook with go and do stuff. Specifically, (laughs) what are you going to go and do? So first of all, I'm going to do all of the stuff. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get a t-shirt made with just do stuff on it. Just do stuff, yeah. Upside down night tick and hope I don't get sued. No. So I have a whole load of notes of videos that I really... I know I want to create. I've got a busy summer coming up and I know once my diary fills up, the energy that I have to give to my videos is going to tail off a little bit. So I'm going to spend the next couple of days just really bottling up this energy and actually filming those videos because it's it's great to write the notes and the videos and it's great to have ideas about what you want to say. But to the points that we've spoken about today, I want to capture that in those, those videos, even if I don't publish them for the next four odd months. It doesn't matter because Number one, I have a backlog. Anyone who's ever done YouTube or content creation or whatnot knows that having a backlog of content is always beneficial for when times get hard. And then the other thing I'm going to do is I really want to test out this this song thing that you mentioned, Alan. So whenever you feel great, play a song. And I'm legitimately going to give that a go because I I can see that work. The song I have in my head is a really stupid song that, that I really think will work. And yeah, I'm going to give those two things a go 100%. I love that. So, Andrew, if people are inspired to find out more about your calisthenics channel, where do they go? 
you can go to youtube.com forward slash Andrew Alinda, my name, or you can go into YouTube and just search Andrew Alinda or Cali to the crowd. You can find me quite easily on um, through any of those, really. So check out the videos. They are excellent. They inspired my wife, Katie, to start doing some calisthenics training, which she started today as well. So check out those videos. They are fabulous. Matt, Rob, thank you for your energy, your input and your ideas. We really appreciate it. If people want to learn more about the two of you, find that fan club page. Where do they go? <laughs> uh, okay, so on YouTube, you can type in uh, Matt Estley. I posted a video recently trying to beat a dovetail speed run record. That's quite a fun one to watch. But yeah, search my name on YouTube. You'll find stuff on there. And search mine and Rob's name on Facebook if you want to join this absurd fan club that apparently exists. Yes, the Matt Estley and Rob Harvey fan club with over 900 members now, I believe. Yep. All actively posting. It's very woodworking based. I, I will say that because it comes off the back of uh, Matt's channel, but it's, a, it's an incredible crowd there. And uh, if you get asked some questions about OSB, the answer just needs to be, it's an amazing material. Oh, it's brilliant. I love it. You'll <laughs> yep. get in. Yep. <laughs> and a few admin questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, gentlemen. We really appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for listening. My closing message to you all listening is... If you are sitting in indecision, the worst thing you can do is sit there. The best thing you can do is make a decision, any decision. It doesn't matter which, just take action. So if you have two choices in front of you right now, do something, test something, take action. That is the most important thing you can do. Thank you for listening to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Go do stuff. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.